0: The Bible states that all creation is composed of their own flesh, examples being birds, fish, beasts, or creeping things and man. In Genesis chapter 6, God elaborates that all flesh on the earth had become corrupt as a result of the fallen angels and Nephilim's interaction with man. Yet post-flood is filled with instructions from the Lord to wipe out all flesh from certain tribes of Nephilim, including men, women, children, and animals. Archaeological excavations and ancient writings from other cultures also lay out the case for the defilement of man with spiritual beings and animals. Interestingly today, science and technology is paving the path for biological experimentation with man and animals, just as the Bible prophesied thousands of years ago. Join us now as we conclude the strategies of Satan with the gene pool of man and animals. I am Mark Russick, and you are listening to The Russick Outlook. As always, just my opinion. Hello, good day everybody. My name is Mark Rusick. You're listening to the Rusick Outlook. Thank you so much for joining. Today is the third and final installment of a three-part series that we've been covering on the mission, strategies, and tactics of Satan's militia. And why do I say that? Well, you know, I think most Christians would, and even if you do not know the Lord, uh, if you are maybe sitting on the fence or you're an unbeliever, you would certainly readily concede there's a very real component of good and evil in the world, and I would contend that there's a reason behind it, and the Bible would certainly lay out a lot of those reasons, if not all of the reasons. Uh, so, in doing so, I personally sit on the side of the Lord Jesus Christ, and much like when a military commander or general or admiral or colonel is is fighting an adversary, they want to understand what it is the objectives of their enemy or adversary is trying to accomplish. So that's part of what, you know, I'm looking to do. But unlike a conventional war, this is a very unconventional war because it, it does. It covers the physical, the spiritual, uh, and, and, you know, I'll, I'll even go so far as to say it, it taps into the emotional realm. Uh, so, you know, that's that's the impetus behind this Uh you know, just very quickly, uh, you know, in the first two parts, I covered the very, very beginning because we need to go back to the beginning to understand what we're facing today and what's going on in the world today. So, in doing so, uh, part one, if you haven't listened to it, I, I would advise if you could, and part two, uh, part one kind of laid the foundation of the fall of Lucifer, you know, thereby uh, becoming Satan. Uh, where that was before the creation of man, covered in Genesis 1, 2, and 3. We laid, laid all of that out. And then the fall of, of man uh, with sin, which I think most people are very familiar with, so, you know, not going too deep into that. But we covered then what was being uh, or how the war was being waged, how the battles were being waged. And a lot of it uh, started with the Nephilim in Genesis six. Most people, I would say, just about everybody, is familiar with the account of Noah's flood and the reasons behind that. Uh, large were largely in part due to the uh, impetus or the uh, uh, the the, the um, fornication of, of uh, fallen angels with uh, human women and the offspring that that resulted in what was the Bible calls Nephilim or giants where you have a genetic mutation or freak, where it's part angelic being and and part human. And, you know, this may sound strange if, you know, if you're not familiar with this, I, I you know, it, again, if you could, if you haven't listened, go back to the first two parts or just, you know, do your research on the Nephilim in Genesis 6 and the reason for the flood. So we've covered all of that. And, you know, we covered the the evidence that we see all around the world, even today, the evidence is there. Of Nephilim giants, um, but what I wanted to do today is it kind of continue that theme and understand that part of Satan's strategy was to uh, defile creation, was to uh, because you know the world is, is was created with man in mind. When you start with Genesis one verses verse three and and so forth, everything that we see around us was originally intended with with man as the focal point. And and Jesus as the as the creator our 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 Lord and Savior. So we're going to cover all of that. But that foundation was already laid. So before I begin, I'm just going to ask if you wouldn't mind. I know if you've been listening to me, you might be a little tired. But I have to say this. This is really really important. Can you please hit the like and subscribe button? It really helps us get this information out there. Uh, no matter what platform you're on, whether it's YouTube, the podcast platforms, whatever it is, and if you could share it, there's usually share buttons where you could share the link. And again, if this is of interest to you, if you find this information valuable, uh, you know that's what I'm asking. And if not, then you know that that that's fine. And on that note, you know, send me a comment whether you like it or not, or you disagree, you agree, you have questions, commentary, you have insight. One of the wonderful things about doing this is I've had some great information that was passed on that I was not familiar with by people. Uh, so, you know, it, 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 it's all good. But again, it's it's sharing the information. It's, it's engaging one another and and helping one another. And the reason I say that, and <coughs> excuse me, I've said this in the past, all of what I try to do is to get at the heart of truth, no matter where the truth leads and and this is really what i'm doing here and and you know because of that i think most people if not all people inherently want to know the truth even if it's uncomfortable so this is this is kind of the mission of of, of what i try to do and and sometimes it's a little bit unconventional but uh, and and i think you're going to find that here with this material so you know on that note i i just ask you if you could share it and also if you wouldn't mind go to the rustic outlook get on our email list and what we do is in, in, uh, alert you to new information that's coming out, new subjects we're we're covering. And also we're going to be getting into more video beginning in February. And we're going to be doing some live presentations with uh, uh, participation and engagement from the people. It's kind of it's like a Zoom, uh, re, you know, a remote or, or virtual uh Bible teaching gathering, but it's also, you know, designed to engage with one another. So if you're on our email list, you learn about this, you get the invitation, the password, the link, etc. So let me begin, let me get into this, uh, and again, I very much appreciate your time. This is called The Gene Pool of Man and Animals. So I wanted to start with the the very beginning, Genesis 1, with the creation of man and animals. And so here, if you're following me on video, I'm showing the scriptures and, uh, you know, for, for our podcast listeners, I'll describe it. So it says here, Then God said, Let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures. Let birds fly above the earth, So, uh, to, I'm sorry, across the face of the firmament, firmament of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abound according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind. So here you have the creation of uh, fish and, and, and birds, or aquatic animals and birds. Then God said, jumping down to verse 24, let the earth bring forth the creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth, each according to its kind, and so it was. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. So very, very clearly, you know, the Lord's laying out there is a different uh, difference in all of the different species. Jumping down to verse 26, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, the cattle, over all the earth, every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his image, in the image of God he created a male and female, then he blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and every living thing that moves on the earth. So there you have the establishment of, of life on earth, both in the seas, and the sky and on land. And man has been given a very special place. He's been created in the image of God, and he has been given dominion by God. So this kind of lays the foundation for a lot of what I'm going to be covering here. Uh, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verse 39, it says he says, All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another of beasts, another of fish, and another of birds. So it shouldn't be any shock. He's really agreeing with the account of creation right there. He's saying that there's different kinds. This is the polar opposite of what most of the world believes and is being taught by the institutions of of, of various fields of science in terms of evolution, that we came from uh, this, this Giant inorganic explosion in space that formed somehow the first living cell, and that amoeba that that was created, or made, or came about however you want to say it somehow evolved into uh, the fish, to to birds, to mammals, and so forth. And I give you uh, you know uh, kind of a um, a little bit of a snapshot of what that looks like in terms of of the evolutionary life. This is a a tremendous. Uh, divide in terms of what the Bible says, and unfortunately, I would say a great deal of the church has compromised because they've been intimidated. And 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 I'm not. This is not about evolution. This particular uh, uh, discussion, but I will say that is a tactic of the enemy because evolution states that that there is no God, that we were made without plan or purpose, that we are just a a, a result of this. Uh, massive explosion that, that no one can explain, that came out of nowhere. I did a series on, or oh, I did a, a video on this called The Great Divide, The Bible and Science, and I really laid this out pretty pretty explicitly in terms of what the Bible indicates, what science or some of the various fields of science indicate, and and I laid it out, what the evidence is, and it wasn't just, I tried to do it as fairly and as openly as possible but when you really get down to it, the the absolute absurdity uh, of of what's being presented and taught in so many schools it, is just it, it 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 defies any type of logic or common sense in terms of what we see and what the evidence, what the physical evidence with our own eyes is. And I'll just say really quickly, there should be if this is the case. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> zillions of fossils should be found to if if you're going to state something like this and you can't it's not there. So again, I'm not that's not my point. I don't mean to get off on it, but I I really needed to kind of lay out that that is a strategy of of, of the enemy because most people who ascribe to evolution believe that there is no god and there is no plan or purpose which, you know, again, I'm not going to I'm I'm not, I'm not going to be this but oh it's it's hard to it's it's hard to fathom but people believe it at any rate I digress and if you do believe it I don't mean it to sound you know sarcastic I just implore you to look at the evidence that's that's all and again if you wanted to go to a video I did and there's certainly plenty of other wonderful uh, authors out there so now I want to go to the uh, the reasoning behind the flood. And and this goes to Genesis six, and the Lord said, and the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping thing and fowls of the air. So notice in this, he let me jump down to verse seven, and all after the flood, and all flesh died that moved upon the earth. Uh, chapter seven, I apologize. Chapter seven, verses nineteen through twenty three is where I'm referencing. And all flesh died that moved upon the earth, both of fowl, cattle, beasts, every creeping thing upon the earth, every man, all in whose nostrils was the breath of life of all that was in dry land. The reason I wanted to bring this out is there's no fish. There's no mention of aquatic life here. So everything that died had breath, didn't have gills, it had nostrils. So again, you go back to uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 15:39 the accounts of flesh. it's all mentioned here with the exception of fish, uh, Genesis 6:12 and God saw the earth and behold, it was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. So all flesh on the earth had been corrupted. What is all flesh on the earth? It is the men, it is the beasts, it is the birds not mentioning that he dealt with the fish or aquatic life. I'll, I'll put it that way. So continuing on the theme, and, and, and again, I covered a lot of this in uh, in, in part two, but I, I think these two scriptures in the, in the book of Deuteronomy in chapter seven is very, very important. Uh, when the Lord your God brings you into the land you go to possess, and this is where he's assigning him to go into the nation of Israel, and has cast out many nations before you, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than you, and when the Lord delivers them over to you. So we've covered this in the past one. These are all Nephilim tribes or or, or minor nations, however you want to call it. I show you a map on the right-hand side of where all of these tribes were located. This covers all of what Abraham was going through, uh, you know, that some 400 plus years later after the flood. So this is post-flood. And, and a lot of people didn't understand or don't understand that, you know, you had the Nephilim before the flood, God dealt with it. But what's interesting here, when you see these Nephilim giants and the evidence, and it's throughout the scriptures that, The Lord asks the, or mandates that the Hebrews take care of it. So he's given the power, the authority, the anointing for them to destroy this evil. So this is really what I want to concentrate on. Uh, Highlighting this in blue, you shall conquer them, utterly destroy them. You shall make no covenant with them. Do not show mercy, nor shall you make marriages with them. You shall not give your daughter to their son, nor take their daughter for your son. For they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods. So the anger of the Lord will be aroused against you and destroy you suddenly. But thus you shall deal with them. You shall destroy their altars, break down their sacred pillars, and cut their wooden images and burn their carved images with fire. It's really, really seriously dealing with the the enemy of the Lord right there. And he will deliver their kings into your hand. And you will destroy their name from under heaven No one shall be able to stand against you until you have destroyed them. You shall burn the carved images of their gods with fire. You shall not covet the silver or gold that is on them, nor take it for yourselves, lest you be snared by it. For it is an abomination to the Lord. Nor shall you bring an abomination into your house, let you be doomed to destruction like it. You shall utterly detest it and utterly abhor it, for it is an accursed thing. So this is completely juxtaposed to the character of the Lord, and why? Because this is Satan's offspring. When you go back to the beginning in in Genesis 3.15, and you have the Lord's offspring, and and he says you have Satan's offspring, this is what we're talking about. So this is why there is no mercy, because these uh, 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 freaks, if you will— were not created by the Lord. They are. They. They. You have angels that were created by the Lord. You have man that was created by the Lord. But this is something entirely different. And he's saying this is an abomination to them. Here's your next one. First Samuel fifteen three. Now go and smite Amalek. That's another of the tribes. We've covered this in the past. And utterly destroy all they have. Spare them not. But slay both man and woman infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. So very clearly, destroy everything, including the animals. So this is part of the flesh that we're talking about. So I I just kind of want to, you know, lay that down. And, you know, again, this is not the normal character of the Lord. He's always merciful and kind and compassionate but this is a different type this is something this is satan coming down and kind of sticking his thumb in in the lord t- attempting to stick his thumb in in the lord's eye by coming after man so what i'd like to do here if you're following me on video is just to give you kind of a landscape of what we know of a lot of the nephilim and a lot of the uh, evidence that we've seen and that we can see all around the world today but specifically we know that uh, the the fallen angels came down to Mount Hebron, and I show the, the example of where that is. And that's, you know, a little bit in what would be considered the, the, the land of Lebanon today. And right near that, right uh, alongside that, I should say, right by the Golan Heights, northern Israel, and the border of Syria. So then you have south of that, obviously Jerusalem, then in uh I think it's about a hundred miles south of Cairo is where you will find all of the pyramids. And I covered this in the past, and this is where you have you know just an overwhelming amount of, of evil uh from the pyramids and the and, and we're gonna cover a lot of that because I wanted to show you just the proximity of what was going on. Then if you look over to the right where I have what was the Tower of Babel, you know, what would be considered modern-day Iraq. So this is the proximity of a lot of what we see, and I'm showing you something called the Gigal Raphaim, which is the circle of the Raphaim giants, uh, and it consists of five concentric stones. I'm showing you an aerial view as well as what would be close to, uh, you know, a land view. It consists of uh, these five stone rings, in a diameter of more than 500 feet, it contains more than 40,000 stones, totaling 37,500 metric tons. And I give you an example of just how tiny a uh, a full-grown bull is, in, you know that is in the field there next to uh, you know where this field is. So this is right in northern Israel today, and you know the I, I will say it's not like a tourist attraction. I've been in this area, and you know there, there's nothing that's highlighted. It's not on anybody's roadmap. You'd have to purposely look for it to go to it. Uh, but you know, clear evidence, and and we you know I've covered a lot of this around the world, but this is the, the kind of the, the the map, and I just wanted to give you the audience and, and, and kind of an aerial view of of where these beings came to be when they came down to earth the the proximity to uh the nation of Israel and then you know the pyramids lay lay a big part of it and obviously much of this began uh in the tower of babel over in uh you know what would be considered today modern day iraq near babylon so this is i've covered all of the the uh uh the nephilim how the you know the offspring of that but i wanted to get into the, the animals because the Lord is showing you here that animals played a major role in it and that he was wiping out all flesh on the earth. So again, I just wanted to remind you, Genesis 6-7, so the Lord said, I will blot out man I've created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens. Six twelve. God saw the earth, behold, it was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. So, Let me just read a couple of things from the book of Enoch, Jasher, and Jubilees. These are ancient texts that, you know, this is not the Word of God. I'm not implying that, but I think, and I've given the reasons in the past, that there is a more than a fair degree of validity, you know, in terms of at least considering this this information. Uh, Jasher 4.18, And their judges and rulers went to the daughters of men and took their wives by force from their husbands, according to their choice. And the sons of men in those days took from the cattle of the earth, the beasts of the field, the fowls of the air, taught the mixture of animals of one species with another, in order therewith to provoke the Lord. God saw the whole earth, and it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted its ways on the earth, all men and all animals." So again, that's lining up exactly with what Genesis is saying. It's giving you a little bit more information, but it's in line with Gen- with what Genesis laid out and that all flesh had become correct. Jubilee 724. And after this, <clears throat> they sinned against the beasts. meaning after they went to the, to the women of men, they, they sinned against the beasts and birds and all that moves and walks on the earth, much blood was shed on the earth, every imagination and desire of men imagined vanity and evil continually. Again, I don't see any, anything that jumps out that is not, you know, scriptural in terms of any type of contradiction. Enoch also says there were 200 fallen angels that come down and not only took wives, but corrupted the animals with their seed as well. First Enoch 85, and again, I saw with my own eyes as I slept, and I saw the heaven above, and behold, a star from heaven, and it rose and ate and pastured amongst those oxen. And after that, I saw the large and the black oxen, behold, they changed their stalls and pastures and their cattle and began to live with each other. And again, I saw in the vision, look towards the heaven, and behold, I saw many stars descend, cast themselves down from heaven to that first star. And they became bulls among those cattle, and pastured with them. And I looked at them, and saw, and behold, they all let out their privy members. Their horses began to cow- cover the cows of the oxen. They became pregnant, bare elephants, camels, and asses. And all of the oxen feared them, and were frightened at them, and began to bite with their teeth, and to devour, and to gore with their horns. And they began moreover to devour those oxen, and behold, all of the children of the earth began to tremble and quake before them and flee to them. So again, you know, I, I can't say this for sure, but the Enoch himself is referenced in the Bible, and it, it you know, it's Enoch himself is, you know, is, is certainly a, a someone to be or to acknowledge the lord loved him so much that he took him before he died he you know he was he was raptured if you will um there there's some information out there that would say the book of enoch or some of it might not be accurate uh and 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 that's fair and i'm not here to defend the book of enoch by any stretch but i you know i do find a lot of this information is at worth least worth considering well why well because look at the physical evidence now I'm showing you some things, some images here. I'm going to show you a lot more of what we see with these cultures that were near and around the, the, the map area that I showed you, you know, a, a, a four-legged man with a, a animal with the head of a man. Um, there's another animal here with different features. It could be, you know, a cow and a leopard's legs and, uh, you know, m- maybe a crocodile's head and and so forth. And you see this really a lot in in the ancient Egyptian cultures. Uh, you know, in and around the pyramids. So, kind of laying this down, continuing on. Going to go to the Egyptians now. I'm showing you some more of the gods, and you can see this if you look up any of the Egyptian studies. Uh, Here, he, You know, all of these beings are, are depicted as half man, half animal. You had Horus, the head of a falcon. Animus was the jackal-headed uh, god of embalming. Uh, Thoth was an ibis, while Sobek was the god with the crocodile head. Seth had a peculiar head similar to that of an anteater, and so it goes. Um, you know, experts say that you know that this this is what the culture was at the time. Uh, but I think there's more than meets the eye here. Could it be possible that these were uh, part of the nephilim and and the powers of creation and and genetic engineering that that they brought upon the earth and and that they ruled in this area? Uh, then you consider the, you know, the, the Greek mythology. There is the Greek pan, half man, half goat, half human, half horse, and Taurus. Um, the minotaur was the monster with the head of a bull and the body of a man. So you you have a lot, of, and not so far, just across the Mediterranean Sea. So I would contend that how did they come about with this information? How, how do we see not only all of these writings, but these carvings, these inscriptions, these these paintings? And and why? Because I think this is something that they may have seen. Uh, jumping back to to Egypt, Thoth, Thoth. I'm sorry, is the Egyptian god of writing, magic, wisdom, and the moon. He was one of the most important gods of Egypt. Alternately said to be self created or born of the seed of Horus. So there's a book of Thoth that, that was discovered in ancient Egypt, and it says it, it is said that it contains two spells one of which allows the reader to understand the speech of animals. So, you know, again, there's more and more reference to what we see with man, uh, you know, mutating with with animals, angelic beings mutating with animals. I'm going to go back to the book of Enoch, uh, his seventh book, verses one through six. Um. Actually, let me just jump. Yeah, let me let me read it all. And all the others together with them took themselves wives, each of those uh, for himself one, and they began to go into them and defile themselves with them. They taught them charms and enchantments, the cutting of roots, and made them acquainted with plants. Again, genetic engineering. Think of the Book of Numbers where. They took, uh, uh, they, they saw them and they took grapes and two vines of grapes were so big that men had to put it on branch and two men needed to carry it. Uh, that That's em- enormous. So that's obviously engineering with the foods and the plants. Um, and then they became pregnant. It said, and they bare great giants whose height was three thousand ells, who consumed all the acquisitions of men. And when men could no longer sustain them, the, ger- the giants turned against them and devoured mankind. And they began to sin against birds and beasts and reptiles and fish and devour devour one another's flesh and drink the blood. I'm showing you more images, carvings, statues, paintings, of what we see. From these ancient times. And again, half man, half animal. More pictures here, you know, for, if you're following me on video. These are all in the Egyptian cultures. And, and again, you know, you don't have any computer animation, you don't have Photoshop. This is all carvings. Like, I, 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 ref- I refuse. I don't believe that this just all came out of their own imagination. Uh, this is something that I believe that they saw with their own eyes and, and they, they replicated it here and in stone and in carvings. Now, I wanted to fast forward a little bit, a couple thousand years to Jesus, because I found something very, very interesting when Jesus uh, d- depicted about that the gates of hell shall not prevail against his church. So this was the area in the city of Caesarea Philippi. It's in uh, northern Israel, and I'm showing you pictures of this, and I will tell you that I've been there, it's a little creepy, I have to tell you. It is definitely a little creepy. Um, So this site is the location of several temples that were dedicated to Roman and Hellenistic gods, including Pan, Zeus, Dionysus, Artemis. The city of Caesarea Philippi was built on top of this enormous rock. So, on top of what you see here, and I'm giving you a picture on the lower right, this is where Jesus made this declaration. So, I I personally think that Jesus chose this specifically for a reason, and that we would understand it, and the people of that day would understand it. Uh, You know, Jesus uses this city, and he says to his disciples, you are the light of the world, a city on a mountain that cannot be hidden. So, flowing out of this rock is freshwater spring, the main source of water that feeds right into the Sea of Galilee. The water originates from a grotto named after the Pan, after the god Pan. The Greek and Roman cultures had many gods. Pan was worshipped at this grotto. Pan was half man, half goat. It is often depicted playing the flute. I'm sure many of you you know are familiar with this. He was the god of sexual perversion, involving himself in lewd activities. The grotto was a center of pagan worship to the fertility gods. Beginning in the 3rd century BC, sacrifices were cast into the cave as offerings to Pan. The pagans living in this area thought the grotto created a gateway to the underworld, to Sheol, to Hades, to Tartarus, where the fertility gods lived. At this location, people committed wicked acts of worship, including prostitution, sex with goats, sacrificing animals, which allowed the blood to flow to the underworld. The pagans were seeking to please these gods of the underworld. They saw the water as a symbol of the underworld and thought their gods traveled to and fro through this rock cave. Tradition named it the Gate of Hades because it was believed that Baal entered here and left the underworld through where places in the water comes out. So, is this a coincidence that this is where Jesus chose to say to Peter, who do you say i am so it was at this very part of his, this very location that the holy spirit moved on peter and he said you are the christ you are the son of the living god so here it is he would and jesus basically said he would build his church that will point to the one true god not all these multiple gods not these false gods it was here that jesus gives simon the name change Petros, which means stone or rock in Greek to assist the great rock, the Messiah to help in his work in building the family uh, the family led church. Jesus concludes this, he says this in matthew sixteen thirteen through nineteen and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He's giving the church, he's giving mankind the authority here, right on the on the on, on the forefront of the location of of where most people at that time believed was that the the center of of these pagan rituals. So again, I personally believe that that this was a very specific, specifically chosen location by Jesus to make his point. Now I'm going to switch gears again. This is a lot of back and forth, but hopefully I'm trying to lay this out in, in, in as thoughtful of a manner as I can. I'm, I'm showing you here an image of the antediluvian period. And what that means is life before the flood. So, you know, you're, you're talking about roughly a 1600 year uh, period on earth after Adam was created, after yeah, after Adam was created, and in this time, this is you know, this is where you had the fall of Adam and sin, but you also had creation as depicted and created by man in perfection, and this and and again, this is where it was distorted, and and defiled by fallen angels, and the, in conjunction with the creation of man, meaning man and animals, uh, the creation of God, meaning man and animals. So I want you to consider something. This is going to sound a little strange and I I have no factual evidence to bring this about, but it's it's something that I thought about and I'm I'm going to say it's possible. There are many many dinosaurs obviously that that we're, you know, we have the evidence of no cre- no, no doubt about it. But we know a lot of them were plant eaters. They're called herbivore or herbivore dinosaurs, and I've given you some pictures. So in the beginning, when God was created, the dinosaurs potentially were there, and people will say, you know, that was hundreds of millions of years ago, if not billions of years before that. Yeah, I'm going to show you something that could change your mind, but I just want to lay this out, that this could, in fact, be the case. And even before man, is it possible that dinosaurs were here? Because, again, we saw uh, or I laid out where uh, the, uh, God created the, uh, the, the, the heavens and the earth before man came on, on board, and this is at this point where Satan fell. Could dinosaurs be a part of this? And this is where some people will justify the millions of years, because I will say We don't know definitively what that timeline was between the fall of Satan to the creation of man. I don't suspect it's those billions of years. Uh, I'll I'll cover this uh, later on this year in terms of the age of the earth, but I just kind of want to plant the seed that, okay, let's think about this. It's possible. Now, is it possible that the effects of sin and the impartation of fallen angels, we saw this with animals, could this be the creation of carnivore dinosaurs? Could this be genetic manipulation with the dinosaurs? I don't know. I'm not saying that for sure, but I'm I, after looking at all of the evidence, I'm saying, yeah, that could be. And I'm showing you something in the middle on the right of a stegosaurus. This is a statue carving, and there's many, many others that have been, whether it's carvings in caves in North America and a lot of the, the Indians before uh, the Europeans came over here, Of man with dinosaur. And again, there's no Photoshop, there's no cameras. This particular carving, uh, scientists say, is roughly 1,200 years old. And it was found in the jungles of Vietnam, and it resembles a stegosaurus. It looks like a dinosaur. So, how did man draw this if they had not seen it? So, you know, again, just something to think about. You know, I, I would say that this is certainly within the realm of plausibility. How's that? Now we're going to jump to modern days as we're starting to wind this down. Daniel was told in chapter 12, verse 4, But you, Daniel, shall shut up the words. This is your sealing the vision. It says, seal the book until the time of the end that many shall come to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Well, knowledge is increasing at an exponential Rate right now Uh, by the let me let me give you some examples. It first doubled during the Industrial Revolution. By the mid 20th century, knowledge had doubled a second time. So from the Industrial Revolution to mid 20th century, 1950. Yet 20 years later, it doubled a third time. 1990, it doubles again, and then it doubles again in 1995. They're saying knowledge is now doubling every 18 to 24 months. So there's a scale that's moving up exponentially. Knowledge is increasing. Think about early 20th century. We were getting by on horse and buggies. Now we're going into space. If you, you know you're listening to me, I'm 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 in the beginning of 2022, and you know most people will know that we've had several space voyages gone back and forth uh recently you know during uh 2021 where mankind is 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 able to to get on a get on a ship or get on a, spa- a spacecraft or a rocket uh so it's it's you know how does that come about it's from knowledge and and you know i given you some examples of a mainframe computer think of IBM in the 1980s or even late 70s and then how that goes. And then you think about, think about all of the information and capabilities that's in your cell phone today. Uh, you know, that's how fast things are moving. And I show you a microchip that can fit on the tip of your fingernail, can hold so much information, more than a mainframe IBM computer could 20 years ago. So knowledge is increasing. The ability to to transform is, is, is tremendous. So I, I kind of wanted to set the stage for where we're going in terms of, you know what? Where we looked from from the time of creation on up, and, and all the mutations and sin and evil. Now I want to take you to something similar to, uh, you know what? What I was talking about again with the animals. So the British government reported in 2018 something that's called ACHM, animals containing human material. Uh, they are they reported that there are tens of thousands of what's called chimera labs. These are labs that experiment with cloning half animal, half human species. The goal of these laboratories, uh, they use animals as models of human biology or disease, and it doesn't fully replicate human physiology. Thus, the primary goal of human animal chimeria, chimeria I'm sorry, research is to produce human cellular characters in animals and ultimately vice versa. To accomplish this, they are harvesting and purchasing human organs. Here, I am in America, and we know that part of the the abortion market, or or you know whatever it is, uh, you know they tailor a lot of the types of abortions in order to harvest certain uh, human organs out, out out of those murdered babies. Uh, that's how sick and deprived and 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 evil this uh, you know the abortion industry is. Um, you know, so basically, they're they're saying ahead of time we're going to torture this human child in such a fashion that we can harvest the brain or the or you know or the or, or you know or, or the heart or, or the kidney or the liver and so forth. You get the idea. So I, I show you something on the right was called a movie. I'm going to say I think it was in the late sometime in the 80s I believe, uh, the Island of Dr. Moreau. And I remember watching this. It was creepy. Uh, it might have been one of those movie of the weeks. So I'm not sure. Um, but it was all about, you know, half humans, half animals, and 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 it's interesting because, you know, what you saw in Hollywood is really not so far of what was actually going on in reality, and what we see in reality today. It was a bad B movie, I will tell you that, but nonetheless, a little creepy. So I wanted to show you man's mode of perception, and should be no surprise if you're following me on video. I'm showing you a man and a woman with these uh, the five senses of smell, sight, hearing, touch, and taste. I wanted to point out that this is the the beginning point for a gentleman named Dr. Nick Bostrom. He is a Ph.D. Oxford University thesis called Transhumanism Values. And the reason I bring this out is because he's really at the forefront of a lot of the transhuman uh, um, push, if you will, and he's got a lot of clout and a lot of um, authority. I'll say to to engage with many of these different experiments and, and fund a lot of the research that's being done. But again, it should be no surprise here. Here's your five senses. Everybody gets that. But what they're looking to do is engage with your uh, um, senses and your your genetic capabilities, and what if we cut in some animal capabilities? So what if we, you know, I give you, you know, loose examples, but you, you know, ones that I hope you would understand. I'm showing you examples of a bat and a dolphin and their sonar, their ability to use sonar uh, inherently, the strength of a gorilla, the speed of a leopard, the binocular vision and depth perception of an owl, the infrared eyesight of, of, of a snake. Uh, a dog, how it can smell tumors, it knows when people are sick, and it can also hear as high as 40,000 kilohertz, which is double the frequency of what humans can hear. And they're actually doing this in different uh, armies, and I know some of this is being done in China, where they're conducting these genetic engineering tests and evaluations, because they're trying to create the super soldier with improved perception. They can see farther, they can heal faster, they don't need sleep. So they're they're modifying the genes in order to accomplish that. So this is happening today. All of this is real, and and I think it should come as no surprise, you know, when when I show you this. I'm going to give you the example in scripture of Balaam's donkey of, of the perception of and the uniqueness of a lot of different animals. Remember, Balaam, the donkey was able to see the angel. It was able to see into the spiritual realm. Uh, what you know. How that came about was obviously, you know, created by the Lord, but I'm I'm just pointing out that you know we have some examples of, of the significance and in the insight of animals over man. You know, we they each have their different enhanced characteristics. Now I say here is the Jesus mode of man's perception with Holy Spirit. So this is, this is a game changer. You know, If you are a Christian, you have the ability to tap into the wherewithal, and this is the stamp of the Lord that's in you. So much of what we're talking about, modifying biology and genetics and having what potentially will inevitably lead to the mark of the beast as outlined in the book of Revelation, Jesus has put his mark on you, and he's thought so much of you He's He's given you the Holy Spirit. He's He's uh, um, imparted into you His own being, His own character. That's how much He loves you. He cares for you. How valuable you are. He stepped out of heaven, gave His own life as a sacrifice to defeat Satan. So we've given the we've been given everything that we need by accepting Jesus and having the Holy Spirit live in us. Giving you a couple of examples of scripture, Psalm thirty-four eight: Taste and see what the that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in Him. Revelation three twenty-two: He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So much as you have. Physical senses, there are spiritual senses as well, and it's clearly outlined. And I cannot implore the most important decision you could possibly make is receiving Jesus and having his mark and having him live inside of you, with you, and and reign with you. It's just, it's the game changer, and, and, and it's the game changer in war. Uh, by, by Jesus going to the cross, paying the ultimate sacrifice, and then making the decision to leave, ha- uh, to leave the earth so that the, his Holy Spirit could live and reign and dwell in us, making us the, the temple of the Lord. And there and about, as there are potentially you know close to 3 billion, 2.8 billion Christians in the world today, if that is true, then that is that many more replications of Jesus throughout the world. Search, swifting back to transhumanism now, and remember Bostrom, the, the the gentleman that I said at the beginning of this. So there is a. Uh, right, let me jump to the right. What something that he said. Uh, he is. He says this: if machines one day came to exceed human intelligence, it seems possible they also might be able to shape the future according to their preferences. So he's putting the 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 future of man. In, into the hands of machines. He's saying that intelligence would exceed man. Sounds very much like uh, uh, um, Genesis chapter 9. Uh, but it's it's a scary thought. It's a scary comment. Uh, Arizona State University in the United States launched a project called the Sophia Project. It is the goddess that guards the gateway into the never world. They are striving to see if we can put ourselves in contact with angels, demons, aliens, and a universal God. Transhumanism is a cultural and intellectual movement. It believes that we can and should improve the human condition through the use of technology. One of the core concepts in transhumanist thinking is life extension through genetic engineering, nanotechnology, cloning, and other emerging technologies so that eternal life may soon be possible where this leads to singularity, a point in the future where man and machine can merge, AI uh, becomes conscious. So, you know, when AI comes online and believes I am that I am, that's their that's their line. So part man, part uh, machine, but really where the machine takes over. This is hybrid technology. So, you, you know, it, basically making, you know, you or somebody, you know, who, who engages with this subhuman. But notice that it's, its core foundation is to be like God. Boy, doesn't that sound familiar? Doesn't that sound familiar to the one who said, I want to ascend above the clouds, above into the throne room of the Lord. So this is what's going on in the earth and around the earth today in a lot of our uh, mainstream academia, universities, laboratories, etc., etc. Winding this down, think of a virus. And, and you know, as, as we sit with coronavirus, everybody's become more and more educated on the, the impacts of virus and how it works. So a virus today, it, it, it seeks a host. We understand, you know, how that works. They are basically, they're like aliens. Viruses are not considered living because they are not made of cells and they cannot reproduce themselves. They attach to cells. When they are connected to a living cell, they are symbiotically alive within the cell. When the virus becomes embedded in a cell, it hijacks the cell, and then the cell becomes begins to reproduce more of the same virus. So, it's looking for a host to latch onto. Then it begins to mutate and and create more or more and more or or uh, have have this virus attacked. It basically tricks the cells into making copies of, of, of the DNA with that virus in it so that the genetic material becomes integrated with the genetic material of the host and continues to reproduce itself. So I'm giving you examples of the biological virus. What about a computer virus? Everybody's familiar with a computer virus. You know, it, it happens and it can happen on your phone. It could happen on your tablet, your, your, your laptops, your, your, uh, your towers, you know, whatever it is. And what's interesting is with a lot of the technology of what they're trying to do and track you, whether you've you know, I, and, and I'm not getting into the whole thing about the vaccine, but the, the, I believe the groundwork is being laid where if they inject this to you and they're able to track you, they're able to, what I would say, do a software download or a, a firmware download, except they could be putting something similar to a virus in you, you know in, within that. So I'm saying the technology and the realm of possibility is there. So what are, we, what are we dealing with? What are we winding up with? It's, it's basically look at what's going on around the corner. You know, Jesus told us that so it shall be with the returning of the Son of Man, so shall it be as in the days of Noah, where you had the giants. So I would say tech giants, is that possible? Is that what we're talking about, the advancement of technology? So consider where science is at right here today. Power without wires, robots rising dramatically. You can self driving cars, artificial limbs, man made brains, quantum computing, nanotechnology, the Human Genome Project, biological machines, tattoo technology, artificial intelligence, teleporting a human, nanotechnology, robotics, genetics, merging biology with machine, reviving extinct species, stem cells. Human cloning with and without animals, and finally, there's something so so evil. It's incredible. There's actually something now called the Jesus Clone Project. This is the depravity of man. This is how bad it's gotten. So it reminds me of Revelation 13. It says it also forced all people. This is talking about the tribulation time. You know, the time of the end. It forced all people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave to receive a mark on their right hands or on their foreheads so that they could not buy or sell unless they had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of its name. So interestingly today, you know, if you're being checked for a vaccine, they're checking your temperature, they're going to your forehead. You have the mark of the, uh, uh, I'm sorry, not the mark, but you have on your wrist. I, you know, I personally, I have an Apple watch. I can theoretically walk in and just put my wrist by a counter if I wanted to purchase something. It's that simple. And instantly it has all of my financial information. Why can't it contain additional information? My medical information, my location, my place of work, who my family is. All of that is certainly there. Technology's there today. So I, I believe a lot of what's going on around this is prepping us just exactly as what the Bible declared. So it, it, everything is lining up. And, and, you know, so what I'm showing you here are so many uh, of the strategies that are being employed, exactly as the Bible laid out. This is who our enemy is. This is who our adversary is. As wonderful as technology is, be wary of it. Be, you know, be suspicious. You know, think before you engage with something Um, because it could, you know, whether intentional or not, it could lead you down, you know, a, a, a dark road. And finally, let me close with this. Everything that the Lord did he did for you he created you with you in mind he formed the, the man out of the dust from the ground he breathed his own life into you he breathed breath the breath of the Lord came into you came into man and that is the Holy Spirit now has been able to come and give you life uh, where he lives and reigns with you he can guide you and lead you and and I give you the examples you know John 316. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He who believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. It's all there for you. That's the most important thing I can say out of all this, this three-part series. You know, everything that I've shown you, you know, if you do not know the Lord, you know, this is the time. Please stop right now, even as you're listening. Ask him into your heart. Acknowledge the fact that you're a sinner. And, and in doing so, he says, you know, the word says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Christ, you are saved. I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing the scripture there, but you get the idea. So everything that could possibly be done, you are so valuable, so precious. God has already done this for you. Please, please, please. And, and you know, if you do know the Lord and this information rings with you and, and it bears witness with you, share it, share the information. So let me thank you again, as always, for your time. I hope and pray that, that there was information here that was of benefit to you. Uh, if you have questions or comments, email me, russicoutlook at gmail.com. Social media, you know, sh- shoot some comments out there. Uh, you know, let me know whether you liked it or disliked it. It's it's all good. Uh, and, and most importantly, if you have any questions concerning salvation, I, I, I implore you to seek out family or friends that may know the Lord, a good Bible church in your area. And if you don't, email me and I'll do my best to find one in your area. So again, you've been listening to the Russic Outlook. I thank you again for your time. And remember, as always, just my opinion.